<clears throat> Welcome to TA1. I'm your host, legendary, still healing but doing much better, Randy Erickson. Um, got uh, got the lungs kind of under control, but still got some weak legs. Um, but it's coming along, and I feel like we're going in the right direction. So uh, I want to talk a little bit before we... Uh, Go on to this different podcast uh, about the outside TV's coverage of Primal Quest. In a word, cool. It's it, really good. I th- really think it covered the uh, spirit of the race and, and what happened, and really gives you a good f- flavor. So it's not easy to find, but I think um, you should. Uh, Give yourself a chance. Look for it. Find it somewhere. Call your local provider and tell them that you want uh, you want your outside TV. So and uh, see it. And if you're outside TV, like put it on iTunes and charge us a dollar ninety nine to rent it. I think uh, quite a few people would be interested in doing that. So thanks to them for uh, being there. Can't be a, can't be cheap. Hell, I'm not cheap, and I'm only one guy, so can't imagine what their production was. And uh, you know, you know, they—it's uh, a big deal when they crash their $3,000 drone, and it's like, oh, go get the other one. So that's that's that. This week's episode is the first non-adventure racing one in a long time, if directly ever. But my guest, Greg Gleason, is one of the Midwest top gravel grinder racers. Uh, Sioux Falls boy here in South Dakota. Interesting interesting person. I really like talking to him. Um, kind of what uh, put me over the edge to have him on and talk to him is that um, they're putting on a, tra- they call it the Trans-South Dakota next year, 750 miles, kind of like the Great Divide race. Um, start in Beulah, Wyoming, you're on your own and go. I think um, people that were in Primal Quest in 09 know that South Dakota is will be surprising to people. So, um, And it has a pack raft section. So they will have a pack raft for you to get across the Missouri River, which could be a little freaky, but I think most of you could handle it. So um, something in uh, late July falls after Cowboy Tough. Um, you know, if you're looking for something different that you maybe hadn't ever done, you know, give it a look. I'll put a link to their website and Facebook page and stuff in the show notes. So I guess that would be it. I should say happy Halloween. It is, uh, 527 as I'm recording this on Halloween. So, um, thanks for listening. Go hard, get some candy and... Enjoy this week's podcast. Um, bye. Hello, you there, Randy? Yeah, that was weird. The first time I couldn't hear anything. Like, uh, I don't know, what, a year and a half? You'd th- you'd oh, okay. <laughs> Although I've just started using um, Facebook for the, for the voice calls. Yeah, the sound's actually not bad. 
that oh dog fight upstairs um yeah yeah i got dogs put away in the pack room too. <laughs> yeah i'm over <laughs> over at my mom's house and her dogs are getting fed and my dog probably wants to eat too so but, oh there you go yeah well the problem you know i like to use skype but half the people that i talk to are like yeah i got it i have a skype account but i have no idea what my my uh <laughs> password is so right this this actually seems to work good so um yeah, it does. nice to talk to you a sioux falls mm, boy right. yeah sioux falls boy yeah so actually i'm a rapid city boy oh well we were i wasn't i spent the 90s in sioux falls so oh, there you go so we swapped sides we did yeah we're back here now so yeah. I, I i spent most most of the 70s and and uh, i think pretty much all the 80s in in rapids so that's uh and almost all the 90s were you riding back then because i don't remember you (laughs) yeah no off and on okay i was in college and i rode a little okay so nothing like now yeah that's true (laughs) um it seems to me like you like the gravel grinder type races yeah yeah i do and yep gravel grinding is fun yeah i kind of like the culture yeah people yeah, I'm looking back and, you know, full disclosure, I don't think I've been on my bike for a year, but, <laughs> you know, doing other things, so it's okay. But right. it's like, where was this when I was, you know, a rider, especially when I lived in Sioux Falls, because you almost have the ideal, other than there's no hills, you get the ideal place for training. Yeah, yeah, it works out pretty good. Yeah, I wish I, I, I do wish I had some long long mountain climbs but the the wind seems to do a pretty good job <laughs> it does well you know <laughs> we, we tell people we paulette and i did we did the first five leadvilles living in south in sioux falls so it, oh there you go it can be okay. done <laughs> oh yeah no i've done i've done four now so yeah. what's it and, and if you haven't listened to the podcast you'll realize that it's the subtitle should be the add podcast because we jump around but What's, okay. What's it like doing Leadville with twelve hundred people or however many they have? Well, it's I think it's up to like seventeen, eighteen hundred now. <laughs> <Wow>. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's all right. I you know, luckily I, I do well enough that I get to start kind of in the front. Yeah. So I try to stay in front of most of that and you know, then you finally you figure out your pace and that's what you do. Yeah. So you know my favorite thing to tell people that do leadville now is when we did the first year there were 67 riders <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would love to do it if there were only 67 riders I, you know, that's probably why i like gravel is because a lot of the events are you know pretty small yeah 100 100 or less which is really nice yeah but but they're definitely growing and they are growing fast so um and it seems like almost the Iowa, Eastern South Dakota, and Nebraska area is kind of the epicenter, isn't it? And I've I've got some basic questions because I'm, you know, I, I'm yeah. not up as much as I am, so we're going to be learning. You're going to be teaching, <laughs> right? Well, that's fine. I I like that part. Um, yeah, I would say it's definitely the epicenter because we have lots of gravel. Yeah, I mean, there is literally hundreds and probably thousands. Yeah, I think there was just somebody posted on Facebook how many miles of gravel roads in Iowa there were. And 
it was it was a huge number. I mean, just thousands of miles. Oh, I can imagine. Well, even even around you, you, can, you know, every mile, both ways, there's a there's a turn, and you can go another direction, right? Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's you know one thing. You know, when I did the race out in out in Spearfish, I was pretty impressed with you know growing up there. I always stayed on the main roads or mm-hmm. on fire trails. But I didn't realize how many miles of gravel there are in the Black Hills. There's a lot of a lot of gravel even in western South Dakota. Yeah, it is kind of impressive. in that kind of that central hills area for some reason there's all all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Yeah. So how did you how what was your first racing type experience and then how did you migrate into the gravel well i started in mountain biking Mm -hmm. so i've always kind of had an affinity for dirt and then i got into road racing because i live in sioux falls south dakota yeah kind of what you do yeah and then you know so you kind of get involved in that and then i started doing some longer races and i I, uh, ended up doing a hundred mile gravel race in uh, minnesota called el monzo which is huge Mm -hmm. i mean i think there's about a thousand riders in that and and i uh i did it and i i didn't know what to think of gravel at first when i started you know because you're all you you kind of move around on the bike a lot and you know because rocks knock you all over the place and if you put too much pressure in you know it makes it even uh makes you even bounce around a little bit more and stuff and but you know, I did that race and and uh, in these rolling hills in Minnesota, and and just absolutely fell in love with it. Yeah. So it was a blast. One of those. And people were so they were chilled. You know, it's just like like going to a mountain bike race. Yeah. That's one thing that I really like about mountain biking is, you know, the culture is very relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got kind of the front group, and they're kind of intense. You know, and yeah. that's that's fine, but. But, but for the most part, everybody will stop and help you if you have a flat, you know, and that's, that type of mindset is just that, that's, those are the people I want to hang out with. Yeah, that's, you know, when we lived in Sioux Falls, we raced, you know, up in Minnesota all the time on the road, and it just got to be, you know, yeah, no fun, and then, yeah, you hang out mm-hmm. with some mountain bikers, and it's like, okay, yeah, let's do this yeah. instead. Exactly, you know, and that's, that's really kind of what happened is I, I noticed that in gravel. And then because we have so much gravel in Sioux Falls, yeah. you know, around here that it just really seemed like a great segue into things that I, I wanted to do. Yeah. So, so is, so, and I'm, I'm also, also a huge fan of the Leadville series. You know, I love the yeah. mountain biking, the, the hundred mile mountain bike events are just incredible. I love them. Yeah. So do you find, I, you know, obviously the training one for the other is, you know, is good. But do you, is there any, do you bring any crossover between mountain biking and gravel technical wise? Uh, yeah, I'd say that the, um, I have a huge advantage on gravel because of my, uh, uh, the skills I've learned mountain biking. Mm. You know, you, you, you learn mountain biking to look ahead 20, 30 feet and always, you know, anticipate and plan what to do with what's in front of you. Yeah. Um, you get to it and uh gravels you know kind of no different you know a lot of you know you do have flat straight sections and stuff but there are a lot of things that roll on hills and you know if you're going 40 miles an hour down a hill on gravel not the most comforting 
you know, yeah. ride in the world, you, you know, so you got to make sure that you're confident in picking your line when you come around the dog, dog leg left or right. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. So it, it helps. And then, you know, I've done, done other events kind of like the, the Black Hills event where there's a little bit of mountain biking involved. Hmm. Um, it's not all, all on gravel road. There is some Jeep trail and then some of the Jeep trails rutted out, you know, so you have to be able to bunny hop over an interesting cut out in the road or something. Yeah. And, and mountain biking has definitely helped with that. Yeah. And when you go to a race, if there's, if there's, a roadie and it's his first gravel race can can all you guys tell immediately <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know can you yeah you know they uh roadies definitely do not handle gravel the same um in fact i would say that the reason you don't i i, I know that there's a segment of roadies kind of moving into mm -hmm. gravel and i think it's probably the cross racers more than the true roadie okay because most roadies that I talk to, they hate gravel. Yeah. So even when it's on the road and they have to go through a small patch of it, they're just like not not cool with it at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can – in the day, I was like that. I would I'd yeah. take a gravel road and there's no way. And then yeah, one day exactly. when I was out here riding, I thought, God, it sure be nice to go this way on this gravel road. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Ah, you know, what? look what I've been missing. But <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> Well, and honestly, you know, when I first started riding gravel, I didn't know what to think yeah. either. You know, it's, my opinion of gravel was, well, it's 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 spongy and slow, yeah. you know, and, and I do like to go fast. So um, in, in the first ride I did, it was spongy and slow and you know, got knocked all over and stuff. And, you know, but, but we went out and did it again and it was a lot better. Yeah. You know, it, got a lot faster. It is. Um, what's... Uh... How's the equipment bike different than than a road bike and or mountain bike? I mean, I'm, well, see, theoretically, well, you can use both, right? Either one, but yep. well, you could. There's guys that that, that use road bikes on gravel yeah. um, with a little bigger tire. Uh, you don't normally have the clearance on a road bike, so yeah. in the back, the tire gets really tight in the chainstay area, and gravel can catch on the tire and go through and hit your your bike frame you know and if you have aluminum you're probably fine if you have carbon well you know you have a nice gouge yeah um whereas mountain bikes have lots of clearance and wider tire choices so you know it, it, you feel a lot com more comfortable but you move a little slower where where a cycle cross type bike that's like a road bike has the clearance uh, not only on the bottom bracket so that you're not sitting as low to the ground but also the clearance for the tires so yeah. So that's probably, and then I think, you know, even the gravel bikes now, they make gravel-specific cross bikes, and I think they're a little bit more relaxed in the geometry, so like the front end doesn't, it's not quite as squirrely and move around as much as like a road bike would and stuff, or a cross bike. Mm -hmm. um, it's more like a mountain bike, where it's a little more relaxed, so it doesn't turn quite as quick and easy, but yeah, yeah. pretty nice stuff. I'm, I'm sure all the... Uh... The bike manufacturers are like, ah, oh, thank God, another market we can. Yeah, another bike everybody has to buy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like ten speed to eleven speed, right? Yep. They did that just so they could sell more. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody needs new wheels now. Yeah. Um. So what do you ride? 
Well, I ride a, a, a salsa warbird um, for my gravel bike. Um, and then I have a, a salsa um, a spearfish for my mountain bike. Yeah, there's a one or a hundred of those out here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so. And I mean, if you, what do you specifically like about your warbird? Because I've I've seen uh, those, and actually I've seen enough people uh, mention them that it obviously something must be right with it. Well, it is. Uh, you know, they just came out with a carbon version of it, and uh, so that's what I have is the carbon model. Um, I like the carbon because I like the kind of the stiffness, and then it it absorbs a little bit of the 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 vibration of gravel and stuff. And then they they particular the salsa has uh, put kind of the rear triangle where they've kind of given it a little bit of a flex in it. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that the flex gives you kind of a suspension. Um, I think they call it VRS. And I don't know, I don't remember what that stands for, but and I should. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it flexes a little. So the idea would be over a longer ride, you won't get as fatigued because of all the vibrating. Yeah. And does it work? So, <laughs> uh, as I can tell, it does. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I was racing on a Specialized Crux, and uh, they're definitely different bikes. Um, uh, switching over to the to the Salsa, I, I, one thing I notice immediately is it fits me better. The you know, same size frames and everything, but the frame and the geometry is, is more of what I'm accustomed to and I like in a bike, so. um, especially for kind of a road cross bike. Yeah, so... You know, so... <laughs> so... You know, you're you're, let's say, an elite level racer, and I think that's safe to say. Um, I, I suspect you have a training program. You, you're not just putting in miles. So, what kind of a training program do you use? Well, or are you a just I, let's go for a ride? I, I well, it's it's a little more complex than that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do. I do have. It's not really necessarily a program. Um, you know, I used to just ride, and I used to do it based on heart rate. Yeah. You know? So, if I if I did X heart rate, I knew I had a hard ride and it was good. Um, now I train with power, and I've been doing that for I want to say about a little over a year now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about a year and a half. So I use the power and training peaks, and then training peaks has a really cool uh, uh, concept. What they do is they take taking and, and they take your power and they equate it into what they call a training stress score which is basically your intensity over an hour and they give it a score mm. um, where a hundred would be the maximum score that you could get for an hour unless you went over I think uh, your functional threshold power which that's a whole different that that we had that you test for and stuff yeah. but once you have that test you have that number and it, they take those numbers and they put it into this this beautiful little graph, and you can you can look at the graph and uh, put kind of your workouts in with your intensity and your training stress score um, over the next you know, however long you want to put workouts in, and then it'll tell you kind of where you're going to be at at the date that you want to do your event. Interesting. So I use so I use that to kind of plan things out, um, and. Uh, so far for the year and a half, it's been pretty much dead on right. That's interesting. Um, yeah, you know, and and then the, the other thing about it is the numbers that you get, you have to know what your numbers are. Yeah. Right? So I need to know 
if I want to have a really good raise, I need to know what those numbers should look like in order to do it. Yeah, to get you there. So, it, it's kind of interesting. Well, that's kind of what I do now. Yeah, because most adventure racers, I mean, the elite ones have a training program, but but most adventure racers do what we say, do you use a heart rate monitor or do you go see what's over the next ridge? And most most of them are, yeah. let's see what's over the next ridge. But um, yeah. do you find it easy to train hard when you have a something a number to hit like that, that or you know something that you want to do because back in the day if everybody sees my fingers moving you know you'd have to you know you like i'd say you know it was all perceived effort so you yeah. really never knew but you know and sometimes it's you know you want to go out and do a hard workout and it's like well was this hard or not but so is it well, does it kind of help to see that number yeah, it it kind of helps, but the, you know, I think it validates the ride. Mm -hmm. it, the the thing about ultra racing, is it, it, it's kind of crazy. When I was road racing, it, my numbers look completely different as far as heart rate and everything mm -hmm. compared to today when I when I'm training, you know, all these miles to do these long long races and stuff. Yeah. Um, where you know my heart rate used to for an average heart rate for a training ride would be one forty one fifty or whatever. And uh, now it's 120, 110, you know. Yeah. So, you know, so everything kind of drops down and you don't, you find you don't need that in that huge intensity, those bursts and stuff. You just need to go out and ride that easier tempo so that you can do it forever. And ever. Yeah. And do you think. So, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it, the numbers help, but they're not, I mean, it's still just riding. Yeah. For you, is that a kind of a better thing the kind of the diesel thing with or without multiple accelerations it is, it is yeah i'm i'm definitely not an accelerator yeah <laughs> if if i line up and and i'm lined up with 10 people and i have to sprint i'll be tipped yeah i was there i know that i, I am not a sprinter at all i and uh yeah you know i i would love to be because there's been a few races where i needed it especially like those hundred mile gravel races yeah they're almost a sprint in themselves and it always comes down to the last 200 <coughs> meters and, and you know yeah. if there's three of us i'm third well yeah i always said if it's a 50 mile race i start my sprint at mile 49 and i might stand a chance <laughs> that's, what I, that's what i have to do and it's the same thing in road racing you know i found that you know when i road raced uh the only way i was going to win a race is to basically drop everybody yep yep hey and it's like it's just how it works yeah it's like talking to myself 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, what, how, what's the normal length of a gravel race? I mean, I, you know, what's the average? Uh, I, you know, I would say that most of them are, in general, you can find them in the 100-mile range. Yeah. Um, the ones that I really enjoy to do are the 200-mile races. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, I definitely like talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. well, and, and let me, how many 200 mile races are there in a year that you could, uh, you know, roughly? Well, there's more and more, Yeah. Um, you know, that I know of specifically half a dozen yeah. or so, maybe, maybe eight in the area. Yeah. And they're, and they're growing as well. Um, and I think as gravel explodes more and more, you'll see more and more of them. Mm -hmm. Do um, you, do you think? There'll be shorter gravel races because it doesn't. It doesn't seem to me to be a short 
race. There are there are a few, a few. Um, shorter. Yep. You know, so you've got the a few hundred kers out there, uh, which is sixty five yeah. miles ish, and uh, and seventy five milers and stuff. Um, you know, so those are also uh, included in, in a lot of the the race directors out there and stuff. You know, they try to include a shorter event. Yeah. You know, so. So like Dirty Kanza, which is one of the largest gravel races in the area, um, with probably about a thousand competitors and stuff. They have a 200 mile race and a hundred mile race, right? Yeah. yeah. And, then, uh, and then I know the uh, the one in the Black Hills there. Uh, Perry has. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. He he has like a 75 mile or something like that, and a hundred and a 200 now. Yeah, and does he have? Is he still doing? He, I don't know. If he's still doing the short one because I had one that was even less than that. Shorter. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that I don't. I didn't see that last. Yeah, I so think it, maybe. To me, it seemed like there was like a seventy mile or a sixty mile. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they're they're a little longer, but they're still a little you know, more doable for the, the first timer, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then uh, just recently um, down in Omaha, the, there's a jackrabbit. Um, they. The, what is it? The Omaha Jackrabbit. It they have a 125 and then a I think a 50. Mm, so you know, and the 50 is is it's not even a race. It's it's a Strava segment. So whoever uploads the time on Strava for the 50 miles and is first, they that's you know they they win the day. That's yeah, so they're that's not, they're not even keeping track of it. They're just letting everybody go by. Huh. Use a course, have fun. Interesting. Well, I think it's the one thing with a gravel race, especially there, is it's like you could make it any distance you want <laughs> with all those roads. Well, you could. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think most people want to have at least a 50-mile yeah. day. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it's a few hours then, and and, and uh, I really get to enjoy the the back roads. Yeah. You know, that's what I like. Of the area. That's what, you know, that's what I... I there were certain advantages living in Sioux Falls with riding, and one of them was you could you could get out and not see anybody. You know, even yeah. even on the paved roads, you get some of those back county county oh, roads. Oh yeah, so, you know, I have all the roads dialed <laughs> in. I know exactly where to go. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you don't see many cars. Yeah, it's awesome. So tell me this: Have you ever done a ride like this where you go out and you just take every right and every left as you get to them and zigzag around the country? Uh, no, I haven't ever done that. Okay, well, there you go. That was always my, when I got bored, it's like, let's see where we end up if we do this. So. <laughs> but, so. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. It, it kind of was because, you know, it just it just adds something, you know, yeah. something. Yeah. The other downside is sometimes you get tired of looking at pig farms. Oh, well, you do. <laughs> and And did you ever take the B roads? The B road, the the roads that had grass in them. <laughs> no, because well, no, yeah, actually a few because you know the last few years we were there we were just mountain biking so, yeah, uh, you'd take anything that wasn't pavement or gravel that you could find to try. I think that's the thing that is that you know really opened up for me is I'm willing to take uh, if it looks like a path I take it. Yeah, you know, and if you get to the middle of the field and it ends, I either hike the field or i turn around and you know loop around go back and, and see uh, yeah and you yeah. find out where it is so yeah it's kind of that adventurous side of things well it is it's you know that was the one thing we found back there is you could find adventure spots if you looked hard enough so 
Well, and we did, and you know, and I've I've I use Google. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the internet's been a, an amazing tool, and when they put all the maps and the satellite imagery, you know, yeah. you can really drill into an area and figure things out. Yeah, and see the roads that you would not know were there. Well, that's a you know, so I, in the area I've found I found closed bridges. I found you know, B roads, you know, grassy trails, yeah. and all kinds of things just using Google Maps. Well, that well. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we use that out here a little bit too. And I actually use it a lot when I'm going, you know, going to shoot a race, you know, get in there oh, yeah. yep, and drill yep. down. And, you know, sometimes you can, you know, you know where, where it's going, like an adventure race, you know, the area. So you can really kind of, yeah, get an yep. idea of. No, and that is the thing. It definitely gives you that idea where you're at. Yeah. However, in your adventure races in the Black Hills, you don't have internet access everywhere. So you can't drill in when you're on the road. No. <laughs> That's uh, we found that out the hard way. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, you, you learn when you're out here where you can get a signal and where you can't. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, it's too bad they don't have a little better coverage. <laughs> well, that's the one the thing. Way it is. Yeah, covering races, you know, you figure out okay, how far am I going to have to drive now to get to the internet? Now that I've shot this stuff, I got to get it up. So <laughs> yep, but yep. Um, now I saw somewhere there's a race coming up. Sioux Falls, like in December, like gravel, running, a little of everything? Yeah, yeah, it's called the Riddle Box. Um, and that's actually, the Riddle Box is a route that a, a buddy and, a, and uh, myself that, uh, put together. Hmm. And then one of the local bike shops picked it up from us. And uh, so it's, I want to say there's a 50K run, a 50K bike, gravel, bike hmm. loop. And then a 75-mile bike loop, and it's, I think, the second weekend in December. So snow-wise, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, that could be that could be a really fun ride, or it could be kind of brutal. Yeah, it could. And, and we, the 75-mile, the I made sure that I found a lot of uh, those dirt minimum maintenance roads and mm. stuff, what we call B roads. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, the plow's not going to go through there if there's snow. Yeah. So you're going to have to walk, walk your bike. Yeah. So, yeah. So this. So and that's the other part of gravel racing is uh, when it's muddy, they, you know, they don't call the event off. No. You know, they tell you, hmm, have fun. Yeah. It's gonna be muddy. <laughs> it's gonna gonna be muddy. Guess what? You probably have to carry your bike. No. You know, and uh, that's what you do. And I mean, is well. What What do you think about that? Are you good on your feet? Like if you go to go to a muddy race, are you like, oh yeah, this this is my strength, or you'd rather just well, be on the I bike? Well, I can tell you, I can tell you, I've, I have learned what my strengths are through this whole process of gravel racing and being in some of those events. I will tell you that before I started that, my attitude was, it's a bike race, you should be on your bike, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It has changed since then. To you know, that's part of the. Event. It's part of the culture, part of, you know, everything about that being on dirt. Yeah. Um, and, and so I've, I've really come to appreciate it and enjoy it to a certain extent. Yeah. Am I great on my feet? No, but I'm very good at, at the head part of it yeah. um, because it, it really takes a lot of uh, uh, mental strength because it's not fun. Yeah. You know, when you have a bike loaded up with 50 pounds of of mud and uh, you've tried to clean it the best you can and you, you still have to carry it to get however far 
know, that's yeah. not fun. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't like that. So they, they start to kind of break down mentally. Um, and, uh, for me, I, I, I grew up in Rapid City and, uh, I ran cross country and, you know, I've told this story before, uh, and I was part of the cross country team and, you know, we're running up these big hills and stuff and in Western Sioux Falls there. And, uh, I'm like, I lean over to one of the seniors and I saw all these hills suck. And he said, he turned over to me and he stopped and looked at me and he said, look, you need to make these hills your friend because that's where people always break down. They always think they suck. So you Mm -hmm. love them. If you love them, you will do awesome. Mm -hmm. And he was right. Yeah. I mean, he nailed it. Yeah. You get in that head. You got to make the hard stuff fun and uh, you, you will excel at it. Yeah. Well, even if you don't excel, you're, you're in such a better place than, than the ones that are like, oh, this sucks. So, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, first of all, you're outside probably having fun and enjoying the day. It should never suck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, What's and and this is kind of just for me because I'm curious. But what's what's the cycling scene like in Sioux Falls? Um, wow, that's really kind of a loaded question. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's far more fragmented than I than I would like. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of it's kind of like Western South Dakota. Everybody, you know, and and I know a lot of people that you know if they're not from the area won't understand this. But That's okay. I will. <laughs> West, Western, Western. You know, I grew up there. Uh, people, people in the West are very independent, mm. and everybody kind of wants to do their own thing. And uh, so you see a lot of that, where there's not a lot of group type activities and things like that. People do their own thing. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, Sioux Falls is a little more metropolitan-ish, mm-hmm. but it still kind of has that independent where everybody doesn't really want to be together. And uh, so you see kind of these little groups, little pockets forming and stuff, um, which in my opinion is unfortunate. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see the groups. I really appreciate the groups. Um, I think the groups uh, help each other. Um, there's always somebody to go to and, and build on and uh, help you develop as a rider, whether you just want to go around the block or or do a long ultra and stuff, you know, it's, uh, community makes a big difference and, um, you know, we yeah. just don't have a super strong, but we do have the, the, the small groups that we do have are, are strong. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what we always found back there. I mean, we had at one point, we had a Monday night ride for a couple of years that we averaged 30, 35 people, you know, and it was a no drop ride till the last 10 miles and then it was a yeah. race. But, but then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, people started having babies, you know, and then it's like, yeah, you know, they go away. And we had the same thing here, you know, and one then, of the local club clubs had a really good thing going. And then, and then one person says something about somebody and this and that and whatever. And all of a sudden now we have four groups. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. I think the one thing is, uh, most everybody can relate to that in one way or another. So probably yeah yeah it, it the the bad part about it even Sioux Falls which is you know a good a good middle sized city whatever it, it's not big enough to have all those groups it is not big enough to have all those yeah groups. that's absolutely right so and, you know so and then you take somebody like me that likes to do all this long crazy stuff and 
I become an outsider because nobody else likes to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm continually, I, I mean, last year I rode um, 54 centuries, you know. Yeah. This year I'm close to being doing that and stuff. And people just, you know, they might want to do a couple a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get so, to the point, I mean, you don't even think of it as a century. It's a no. It's a it's, it's a, a ride. Five, six hour ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just what I have to do, and that's what I go do, and yeah, you know, it's great. And you get in the mindset, and I and I don't, I don't say this from a place of being mean, but kind of having fun. Of you look at the person that runs the half marathon, and or you know, does a ten mile time trial on a bike, and you're kind of like, yeah, and then what? You know, and it's a it's a big deal for them, and and I don't you know it is, but I still always chuckle when I see a thirteen point one sticker on a car, because <laughs> you know right. we're so used. I mean, yeah. obviously my training is as much now that I'm doing you know the video you know video and stuff, but I'm still out. But you know I was doing you know hundred mile weeks and and you know a thirteen mile run was your midweek easy run. Any right, and unfortunately, you get in that mindset, or fortunately, or or like you, you're probably racing every weekend and you just don't think anything of it. Whereas, you know, somebody trains all summer for their one race and and good for them, yeah. but well, I wish I could race, every <laughs> it's it's way too hard. I have to have at least two weeks between events, do you? Yeah, so. yeah, well, I'm 48, so well, come on, it's a recovery thing, yeah. You know, I've, found that i i just i can do week to week but the quality is not there and it it's it just i don't like it yeah and eventually it's going to run you down and you're gonna yeah. get sick and hurt and tired and exactly and it needs to be fun yeah you know you know i it, 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 you, you you called me an elite rider yes but this is a hobby yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that... i'm doing this i'm doing this because i really absolutely love it period. Yeah. I would do it whether I was elite or not elite. It, you know, I fell into the elite thing. It just happened. I, you know, don't ask me. Well, you're, you know, I work, you I work, work hard, hard. So yeah. it, it pays off. Yeah. And you know, and that's, that's all I can say about that. Um, well, let's, let me ask you this. Is there a professional gravel rider yet? And if not, how soon you think there will be? Uh, no, there aren't. Okay. Um, I think USA Cycling kind of is looking at sanctioning gravel events, yeah. and I know you can have a gravel road race event, yeah. but um, sanctioned through them. So I think there would have to be a sanctioning body, yeah. and then and it would have to be kind of governed by that. Yeah. And I I don't know if I think that would go against the culture. I well, think but I'm would... yeah, but I'm thinking more. Is there anybody that's getting paid to do this? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. Maybe JP. Okay, so you know, I mean, I think there's probably a few. Yeah, they're maybe getting a little expense money, maybe, but nobody. Maybe yeah, I don't think they're getting a full paycheck. No, I, I mean there might be, but then, but then if you look at like a, at a racer like JP, he's he's doing a lot more than just gravel. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does a few gravel things, and he does these big ultra adventure races. Yeah, I mean you it's. Know, so. Bike racing is like anything else. You can't do one thing and make a living at it. So. Right. Right. Well, and I mean, there, you know, there's a few doing it, but yeah. Yeah. You just do it for the definitely fun. Not, definitely not my full-time job. No. We just wish it could be, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So. I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows? I, you know, I enjoy what I do. I, you know, I, you know I'm a computer guy, so yeah. I enjoy that a lot. So I. Well, yeah, that really like, helps. The biking is my way of to to relax. You know. Yeah. And uh, and and also, if I'm thinking about training and competing and all those things, it kind of takes my mind away from work. Yeah. Because work can be kind of intense sometimes, so it's nice to just kind of relax and think about something different. Mm-hmm. You know, or if I need to work through a really, really complex situation or something, go, I can go for a you know, bike go for ride. My five-hour or six-hour ride, and by the time I'm back, voila, I yeah. have the answer. And I find, and it, it, I, I, that happens to me all the time. Or just you know, something creative comes to me when you're out doing something. But do you go for that five-hour ride and say, okay, I'm going to think about this problem, or do you just? go for the ride and it's just kind of naturally going through your head, not even consciously. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I never go out intentionally trying to. Think yeah. Something. Yeah. It's always, it just kind of crops into my thoughts and then, and then I, you know, I kind of take it and, and uh, spin it like 15 different directions and try to look at it from all different angles. And you know, that way I feel like I've really digested it when I'm done. Mm-hmm. But, but when it pops in, it just pops in. Yeah. And this is something I've had to find in that I'll, I'll get these ideas. My favorite one is, you know, John Lennon, theoretically, the song Imagine came to him in a flash and he saw the whole thing and I never believed it. I yeah. was I was doing some work on the house, some remodeling, and yeah. I was setting scaffolding up to get up to do it and I looked up as I was setting it and I saw it completely in my mind exactly how I ended up building it but you have to learn to to see that when you see it yeah I mean if you you know because I think a lot of people maybe can do that but they don't they don't realize what they're doing <laughs> right they probably you gotta don't. you gotta be able to see what your mind brings to you but yep this a little this a little and, esoteric. Spending for, time on a bike will definitely help you do that. That's right. So, um, yeah, a little too deep for this podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Deep thoughts of Randy. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, the the thing I'm actually really interested in, and like to know, is um, your the Trans South Dakota Adventure or whatever you're calling it. Yeah. <laughs> that looked yeah, like fun. What are we calling it? <laughs> yeah, you know, so 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 tell so me the, tell know, the, tell us about what you did last year and then what you what the goal is or what the plan is or if there okay, is a plan. Okay, so so the idea is um and this this was not my brainchild, it was Joe Stiller's brainchild, okay. which is a good friend of mine. Uh and he, he uh well, you know, I guess that's not really true. We both wanted to do an event in South Dakota, because, you know, we do a lot of events. We travel all over and participate in everybody else's events. Mm-hmm. And we kind of think we have a pretty special state. Um, and and th- we have a state that's very diverse, yeah. and people may not know it. You know, you know, when I travel around and I say I'm from South Dakota, and they go, oh, okay, South Dakota. And I say, yeah, well, the, you know, the state with Mount Rushmore. And oh, I thought that was in Colorado. <laughs> yep. You know, and you're like, what? <laughs> you know, so... The, you know, the thing is, is I, we, we really started thinking about creating some sort of event. And, you know, so, so, and then Joe and I, you know, a few years ago, I decided that I wanted to do the race across the divide. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that actually me 
being inspired to want to train and develop myself to do that event um, uh, helped me get into gravel. Um, I did the gravel because I needed to start doing longer stuff, yeah. and then I got into gravel and did did it, and then I all of a sudden figured out I'm actually pretty good at it, so wow, this is kind of cool, so I wanted to do more of it. Um, so I kind of fell into it, and then so then we decided that we wanted to take and create a course in South Dakota and originally it was the riddle box event that's in December here but then that just didn't feel like it was big enough mm -hmm. and then we wanted to create something because we saw that there was the Arizona Trail the Colorado Trail yeah. um, were bike packing things that you could do to kind of get ready for the Colorado divide or I'm sorry the, the great the divide. divide race yeah. and and uh, but those are all pretty big events. I mean, you, you know, you got to really know a lot of things to be able to do that. Yeah. And so we're thinking, okay, South Dakota, let's go from west to east and let's create a multi-day event where people can, it's not like super hard bikepacking, it, but it's, it's something that's totally doable for people to do. And uh, uh, we, we decided that we would traverse the Black Hills and then go into kind of the open prairie into the national prairie grasslands and uh, um, up and, and Joe really wanted to do a bike rafting thing. Yeah. So, so we have this amazing river, you know, going right down the middle of the state, which is perfect, uh, the Missouri river. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I started looking at Google maps like I do and, and started looking at course options. And then I also, you know, you could get across the state and, you know, it's 350 miles across ish, 370, something like that. You could just do a straight line across, and you know, the gravel is probably straight enough for the most part that you could do that, and boom, you're done. But um, I wanted to make something that was 700 miles long. Um, so you had to actually spend two, three, four days out there yeah. at least at a minimum. Yeah. And you had to bike pack. You know, somebody couldn't do it in one day. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of the idea where, where it kind of developed. So, so the idea was we'd start in the Black Hills, and then we'd start Beulah, Wyoming, because that's on the border. Yep. That's the obvious starting gravel, point. You hit gravel right away, yeah. right outside of Spearfish there. And, uh, you know, we loop you into Spearfish, and then, and then we take you up and over the Black Hills. And uh, the route takes you by, um, by Mount Rushmore. Literally, you go right by it. Mm -hmm. I take you down the Pigtail Highway. Um, so there is a little blacktop yeah. in this to get you through those sections. Uh, you got the Centennial Trail, a little bit of that, um, and then we take you down at Hermosa on some gravel, and then we take you into open range land where you're open and closing gates. Um, and then open range is basically there's a trail there, but it's grass. Yeah. And you can see it, but and you can ride through it, but it's really marshy and wet and and you wouldn't expect it to be, but it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you hop into the Badlands, which is the exact opposite of the open range, and it's super dry and and land that has been eroded away and, and absolutely gorgeous and stunning. And uh, if you're lucky, the buffalo are out, you know. Yep. Let me take you up into Waldrug, which um, once again is another awesome area in the in in the state. Uh, uh, it's, you know, they have signs in I think the North Pole. Yep, everywhere. <laughs> You know, so you can go and stop in the ball drug and have a big donut and five cent cup of coffee, whatever you want. And uh, and then, you know, we 
take you up into the National Grasslands, which is uh, up in the kind of the pure, pure South Dakota area. Um, just expansive, wide open, grassy gravel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really awesome. Um, and then up at Fort Pier, you go to the little uh, uh, a, a campground, and there happens to in this campground right right below the Wahi Dam. Um, there's a sandy beach. Sandy beach, you blow up your boat, pack your bike on it and all your stuff, and you float, paddle down the river um, five miles uh, to another park on the pier side, and you pop out of that. And uh, um, the idea would be that you'd take your pack raft and either mail it back to home or carry it with yeah. you, or um, in the event itself, we're going to offer a pack raft where we would take care of the pack raft for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you, you kind of take off into probably what we call corn country, mm -hmm. um, where the gravel is, it's mile by mile squares of gravel. Um, and it's a little bit flatter section. So it's kind of, we, it's a time trial section, time trial in the corn, I think. Yeah. It's got a good <laughs> um, ring. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I, and then we have another river in the state called the James river. James Valley, James River, yeah, yeah James, James River, yeah. and uh, there's an awesome gravel road that follows it for 30, 40 miles, mm. and I take you along that so you can see the river valley there, it's absolutely gorgeous, and uh, you pop out kind of uh, into corn country again, you time trial again, and then uh, uh, and then you're, you're at, uh, we do take you by the Corn Palace, so you get to see the Corn Palace in Mitchell, South Dakota. And then, uh, and then we take you down, head, heading down towards uh, North Sioux City, where we're going to finish. And uh, um, on the on the eastern side of the state here, we actually have a lot of uh, a lot more river valley, rolling hills, uh, yeah. steeper climbs, punchy climbs, a lot of minimum maintenance roads. We take you through those yeah. and uh, to finish in uh, North Sioux City. Yeah. And then the idea is that we'll we'll the the uh, you're going to get a finisher's um, medal, and the finisher's medal is going to have three stages to it. So if you make it to Fort Pier, you get one piece of the medal. And if you make it to Mitchell at the Corn Palace, you're going to get the other piece of the medal. And if you finish, you're going to get the, the finishing piece of the medal. And it's going to be in the, the shape of the state huh. and uh, so on and so forth. Oh. So, it, it Quite honestly, I, I know some adventure racers that, might be right up their alley. That's kind of. Hey, it sounds really fun. Actually. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the thing is, is there's, <laughs> you know, the the hardest section of the whole real the events would probably be the Black Hills because you're doing, you know, the first 110 miles is uh, uh, 10,000 feet of climb. Yeah. Right. You know, so a lot of people are probably not used to that. Um, um, but the whole course itself is actually right around 30,000 feet. So there's still a lot of climbing. It just comes a lot over the you know 600 more miles yeah you're going to get so the short up yeah shorter stuff yeah yeah 50 Rollers. you're going to get it 50 feet at a time <laughs> yep pretty much that's all you're doing is just eating it up 50 feet at a time literally yeah so, um, um you know so yeah so when's it when's it going to be uh it's going to be i believe J july 23rd hmm? 2016 Okay. Starting in Beulah, there's a nice little campground, yeah. um, and we do have a uh, 
a website out there, okay. transsouthdakota.com. Yeah. And uh, all the information's out there. Yeah. Uh, the injury fees and all that. And and what we're gonna do is, if somebody needs a ride from Sioux Falls, we're gonna make sure you get out to Beulah. Okay. Um, there's a campsite there. We've already talked with them, so we're gonna have um, the ability to camp at the start, which is really cool. Great little campsite mm-hmm. in Beulah. And we'll take off, and uh, and you'll get you'll get the um, ability to use a pack raft um, because you if you're going to do this you have to do it because and and I was I'm not the I'm, I'm adventurous but I'm not super adventurous <laughs> and the idea of throwing a bike on a blow up raft um, and then floating form and and let me rephrase that putting a four or five thousand dollar bike on the front of a blow up raft. <laughs> Right? Yeah, <laughs> you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we think we lose a lot of money. I'm not sure I'm cool with this. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and I did it this year, and uh, it is if you have have not ever done it, it is amazing. Yeah, it it is just so cool. You know, I'm on this little itty bitty raft, and and I I I have a good buddy uh, Don Wood um, that loaned me his fifteen hundred dollar alpaca pack raft you know so i had this super light awesome pack raft and it just it was amazing the experience was was so much fun um i would recommend it to everybody yeah i'm just gonna say and and this won't make any sense to you but uh yoga slackers this is for you (laughs) they they (laughs) they're an adventure race team that just love pack rafting Mm. they'll they'll pack raft even if it's quicker to walk <laughs> yeah i mean it, you know and i i never thought of it and once again i'm the guy if i'm doing a bike race i kind of like to be on my bike yeah as well but this i'm tearing my bike on and i you know bike apart and sticking it on the front of a rubber raft yeah. or a, and uh trusting that it's going to make it so yeah. and we should probably yeah. people pr- probably should know that they don't want the walmart rubber raft yeah. you're gonna you're gonna want and, well, and you know actually there are places that rent alpacas and stuff so it is you know you could you could rent an alpaca um the event itself we are going to provide oh. uh not an alpaca raft but a good you'll, you're going to probably get a, a inexpensive walmart type but well no it'll be a little nice <laughs> enough, it'll be nice enough to tie your bike on and stuff yeah and, uh, you won't have to worry about carrying it with you. oh so that's that's right. cool um so um, are you going to do a GPS or are you going to give a route map and clues? Or... No, it'll be GPS because okay. yeah, it's, it's too long of a, a course to try to run. Yeah. That and, be... and in South Dakota, a lot of the gravel does not have signs. Yeah. They don't have intersection yeah. signs. Whereas in like Iowa, they, every intersection has yeah. signs. Well, Adventure Racers is just like give them a map and tell them, show them a point on it to get there. <laughs> Yeah. So. Well, yes, and but this is a little more specific. Yeah, you want them on a specific We're, route. We want them on a specific route. You're going to have to have a, a spot tracker. Um, yeah. And when you finish, you're going to have to prove that you did the route. Yeah. Um, you know, verbatim. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, no, no cheating the route. You have to do the exact route prescribed. Um, and uh, that's just important to keep the integrity of the event. If you. Uh... I'll uh, send you a link. I've got a good friend that does tracking and can set up like a tracking website. Oh, there you go. Yeah, please do share that. Yeah. We would love to. We yeah. would love to have a site like that. Yeah, um, it's 
they do a lot of adventure races and stuff. And I mean, it's in, and quite honestly, like in adventure racing, that's people just follow up. You know, if you get the word out, they, everybody talks about being at work and hitting the refresh button all day to see what's happening. So. Exactly. Well, they, you know, they want to watch it. Yeah. So, so yeah, yep. it'll be, uh, it really sounds like a cool adventure. So there may there may be somebody in this conversation out there taking pictures because it sounds kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are definitely some places to take some pictures. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it you know it is going to be fun, and we really hope some people decide to do it. Yeah. Well, we'll find. I'll I'll get the link and I'll you know put it up with the podcast and and yeah, that'd some be great. different things. So I I right. I know a handful of people that. Uh, it's, it's right up there, alley, and it just, as far as I know, from adventure racing, it falls. I don't think there's any, any big races right then. We just finish a World Series race in Wyoming just before that, and so. Sure. Well, and you know the thing, the thing about the event also is it is in July, yeah. and you know part of, part of the element of of pre- preparation is you have to deal with heat. Yeah. Yeah. You know we had. We had, uh, I was looking at my Garmin file today, and the highest temperature I hit was 113. Yeah. You know, right in that four period. You know, we had two days of 108 plus the whole day long. And, um, you know, there wasn't any water available, so you had to plan. Plan your day. So there's a little, there's a few logistical things that you got to make sure you're packing enough water. Yeah. Well, you know what? You, I don't think you can make race too hard for people anymore. <laughs> no, I, I agree. You know, that's I what they want. They can. want to do 700 miles and make it tough. Yep. So, yep. Uh, yep. You know, and, yeah. and the weather is an element that uh, will definitely make this tough because in the middle of our state, it's <laughs> it gets toasty. Yeah, it, it definitely will be. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Now we talked about everything I wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, cool. I'm glad to uh, meet you. Although I got pictures, I've taken pictures of you, but we never talked. Well, you, you took some great pictures. <laughs> well, thank you. That picture that you took on the bridge is amazing. That was a, that was a pretty good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, so, no, it's better than pretty good. Well, thanks. So, well, yeah, that, that's that's a, an awesome photo. It, it's fun. So, no, and that's you know that's another really great thing about uh, uh, gravel racing is we have. Uh, uh, you know, photographers like you that find it fun. Yeah. And it's, you know, so, it's, so you come out there and you give us, you know, I'm a huge Facebook guy. So you give me a Facebook quality photo and I'm just like, yeah, love it. Let me ask you a little bit about this now with social media. Is this, is there a big community on Facebook? I mean, cause adventure racers is kind of how everybody keeps track of everybody. Yeah. And that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, gravel and snow and, and you know all the things that I do, yeah. I'm connected with everybody, and and it's really cool. You know, some people I have not met in person yet. Mm-hmm. When I do show up in an event, they, you know, we we recognize each other's names, and we go, "Oh yeah, we're Facebook." Hey, yeah, yeah <laughs> good to finally meet you. You know, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so Facebook has really opened it up. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, used to be if we were in Sioux Falls, you know, all three of us would know each other. That's it. Yeah, I have a. So now I have hundreds of friends that are in the gravel. Yep, I have hundreds. a really good. I consider him a really good friend of mine, 
and we've tried to do a bunch of projects together, Alex Flynn, and we've never met, but he, he's British, English, but he's living in ah. Houston, and I'm going to Belize in February, and coming back, I have a 14-hour layover in Houston, so I'm like, Alex, we're going to play Friday night. He's like, cool, we'll finally get to meet. <laughs> so. Yeah. Awesome. I know it's, it's you love it so, yeah you you so you cool. yeah you meet people you think yeah you're a good friend of mine oh wait we've never met so, yeah I love it too well, and I like I like watching everybody else's adventures as well yeah you know the I, photos and stuff you know the social media the you know the the news feeds are fine but the photos are the things that really get people yeah I've actually a couple of times you know put posts like Am I putting too much crap out here, you know, for everybody? And they're like, no, no, we like to see all this stuff. So, right, we'll, exactly. We'll keep doing it. So, um, okay, I got one question I'll have to ask you because I always ask everybody else, and it doesn't really fit you, but yeah. if you're, um, let's say you've got a race uh, Saturday, and you started getting your stuff ready today, are you still packing up Friday night? Uh, yeah. Okay. That is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not make final decisions until I know exactly what the weather is going to be. So, and in fact, there's many points in time that I pack for every situation that I can think of within the, the range that's going to happen in that time of year. Yep. And then I make my final decisions right, right at go time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'd lay everything out the night before. And then, and then, and then in the morning, I make the final selection. There you go. So that's the correct you know. answer. Yeah. Well, and you always <laughs> just want to be ready for the for every for the, every situation possible. And a lot of races that I do, well, most of the races I do are are long races. So, you know, yep. long day, lots happen. Yep. You got to plan. Temperatures and sun and rain, and you just never know what you're going to get. No, that's it exactly so well cool yeah. well you know we should we'll i'll be in touch with you i'll let you know this will probably come out i don't know if this weekend or next weekend so okay cool. let, yeah just send, send me a link to it and yep i'll send put it in your facebook feed so everybody gets to see it yeah so i'll make sure i share it so well cool really cool so all right well thanks a lot randy all right now i gotta figure out and remember how to hang up <laughs> so <laughs> it's somewhere yeah. here so all right yeah. thanks bye cool. yeah see you around bye, bye.
Looking at 